If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Trek. I am your host, Matt Brady, joined, as always, by Adam. Adam, how are we doing today, man? Matt, I'm stoked. You asked me to talk about uh, three games we've been playing lately. And let me tell you, uh, the three I've been playing, which we'll talk about soon enough, um, I really dug into the nitty-gritty of these, and I'm certainly glad I did. Kind of some callbacks here, and get into that but but yeah i'm really stoked to be talking about this with you man how are you doing hey man i'm good yeah actually no this is one of this was this was this was fun because it's kind of like you know normally we we pick like a list or something but it's like you know there's like newer games too that are out that um sure yeah that i want to play and you and i also we do we play a lot of like older games too so actually my list today uh i've got like sort of a new i actually have two games that are like brand new i guess in the sense of like the last like two months um one of which is a uh a remake or a remaster and then a game actually uh that came out like many years ago but i don't know why i just kind of decided i wanted to jump back into it and uh play it and having a ton of fun with it but uh i guess we um we'll talk a little bit about news because you you asked me sort of a question right before we started here and i thought you know this is kind of fun there's uh, especially you and i are both i'd say pretty heavy switch players and uh oh, yeah. there is um definitely a lot of cool nintendo switch news um I I uh I actually pre-ordered the new Mario Party game, which I'm kind of excited for. I haven't played a Mario Party Sick. game in a long time, but I don't know why. I think it's just because it's a collection of all of the old games, and so I'm I'm certainly excited for that. And then like Pokemon's next month, and then there's Knights of the Old Republic, and even Shin Megami Tensei Five, which I've never really gotten into for some reason. I yeah, really, that, that's that, what I'm most excited that for. That one yeah. just really sort of has me looking, and I think it's just the character design and the graphics. The game looks really really nice. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of cool stuff, but I think we'll talk about the, um, the, uh, update to the Nintendo switch online service. Um, so here, so for anybody who's obviously a switch owner, you'll know you $20 a year gets you Nintendo's version of online, um, which, you know, just like, uh, Sony and Microsoft lets you play games online in, in Nintendo's case is Splatoon and, you know, Smash brothers and all of that stuff. Um, Sora in Smash, by the way, that's fun. Uh, definitely, definitely been uh, playing that a little bit recently. 
Um, but unlike sort of Microsoft's, you know, Game Pass and Sony's PlayStation Plus, where you get like pretty much like almost like you know a few months old or you know year a year or two old like high quality AAA games, in addition to your service, um, you know, th- or I guess that is what you get in addition to being able to play online, as well as voice chat. So those cost around like sixty dollars uh, a year, which is actually a great service for Sony and Microsoft because you get you really do get a lot. Uh, to be entirely honest, and the more you're in, the more your collection just builds and builds and builds. Like it's it's pretty insane, um, to be honest. And even during the days of like when I had it, when I was pretty heavy like into Destiny on PS4, I obviously had PlayStation Plus, and it's like man, you get all these, you got all these PS3 games and Vita games. It was like. God, you're getting like six games a month. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Um, and those just stay in your collection as long as you have the service. Well, Nintendo's service costs $20 a year, which, hey, that's a discount. That's pretty cool. It has no voice chat. And you get access to their online category catalog of NES games. And then they added Super Nintendo after the first year. And unlike Sony and Microsoft, where they dish out like, you know, three or four, like, high-quality AAA games every month, Nintendo just kind of releases a few new NES games or SNES games um, every, ever so often, uh, to say the least. <laughs> like, uh, it's kind of random and sporadic when when they come out, and when they do, it's not necessarily even, like, the great games in those uh, catalogs, uh, to be entirely honest. Like, the last Super Nintendo, the last update we got... For Super Nintendo included like great games like Jelly Belly. So <laughs> I, I know, exactly. I was like, the, what? I haven't even looked because <laughs> I haven't even looked because exactly the reasons you just stated, because it's so random and sporadic, and I'm kind of just like Okay, I, I just want to play uh Super Mario RPG. And, and it's not you're that. not giving it to me. Right. So I know. it's like bye. Right. I mean, like this, like the games that are there don't like the the initial sort of wave and they've released games. It's like and it's just so random because like, okay, in the first wave, I got my I got my switch right here. Just so it literally is right in front of me. So I can just see exactly what's on it. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's great. But I remember, you know, the the first wave of NES games was like, okay, it's like it's like Super Mario one, two and three and. Um, you know, like Mike, well, not uh, Punch Out, not the Mike Tyson version, but whatever, Punch Out, and like the original Legend of Zelda, and like Zelda Two, like the games you would expect, like you know, the games you would get if you had bought the NES Classic, right? The little, the little, the little one. Okay. Um, hold on, I need to sort this. Uh, let me see here by release date. So now, because you can sort it. Okay. So when it, the NES first came out, oh, that's release date of the games. I don't want that. I want um. I'm looking myself now too. My switch is right here. There we so. go. My custom order. Okay, so this yeah, so this is the this is the order that they were released. Okay, so you got like ten as you got Tech Mobile, the original Tech Mobile, that's kind of cool. Um River City Ransom. I mean these these are ice hockey, like Gradius. Yeah, that's so bad. Sure. That's that's a good that's a good list. And then they released started releasing more, and it was like Ghost and Goblins, Dr. Mario, and like, okay, cool, cool. And but as you go on, it just gets sort of more sort of random and like sporadic. Um, you know, I mean, the NES one actually is quite a bit better than the Super Nintendo one. It's like Blaster Master, um, Star Soldier, Clue Land, like games you would expect, right? Crystallis, 
Rygar. I mean, these are, you know, these are pretty good games. Then, let me pull up the Super Nintendo one here. You know, the Super Nintendo one started, again, with the games you would expect. Star Fox, Super Mario World, um, you know, as... as Kirby Dream Land 3. Right, Kirby Dream Land, Link's, um, A Link to the Past, like, some heavy, heavy hitters. But the Super Nintendo one, man, it's just like, I don't know what happened to the list here, but... Okay, it's like, then we start getting into some sort of weird games. It's like, okay, we get... Um, you know, I, I, I always forget it. What the, uh, Poyo, uh, Poyo, uh, two or whatever. It's basically, Puyo. it's basically the Japanese version of Yoshi's, of Tetris attack, right? Where you, but it's like a yeah, Yoshi. Yeah. And, yeah. And we get like the Japanese version an operation logic bomb. And then we get Donkey Kong. And like yeah, Super, that was when I was thinking. Right. Super Mario All-Stars. Sure. Then it's like, okay, then we start getting like. I don't know, man. It just seems like it went really downhill. I mean, it's like Psycho Dream and Prehistoric Bamboozle, Man. Whatever and it's like, is. what? Jelly Belly. Super Ballast 4. I couldn't tell you anything about that. Right. Uh, Spanky's Quest. Claymates. Like, what is happening? Where's, I mean, you know, where's like, where's Sim City and. Yeah, maybe you can't do Rock and Roll Racers. I get that. Like, and maybe you don't. Maybe you can't do the Castlevania games because they're releasing like their own versions of those. But I mean, like, there are tons of Super Nintendo games that are just absolutely like amazing games, like Run Saber or, um, yeah, Super again, Super Mario RPG, Earthbound. Like, you know, I mean, come on, man. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's I, they may have they may have done man. Earthbound. I I I I don't think so. Yeah, Prehistoric Man, Magical Drop Two. I forget if you said that one or not, but it's like um, Final Fantasy. It's very, very you know, Final slim Fantasy pickings, three, I feel right? Like. Or which is Final Fantasy seven? Um, you know, I mean, it's just like it's. It seems like it's all over the place for the super for the Super Nintendo. I mean, where's the Mega Man games? I mean, where's you know? There's so much. So it's like okay, still, it's only twenty dollars a year, and a lot of people just get it just so they can play Splatoon and whatever online. So they finally announced the update, which we've been people have been speculating on, and for a long time it seemed like it was going to be Game Boy and Game Boy Advance. So keep in mind, um, you know, the really only issue you run into this is licensing. So the only issue Nintendo really runs into this is licensing. They still have tons of first-party games that they could release uh, on on all of the systems. Um, I mean, and again, you, they still have Game Boy and Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance that you could do on this. Maybe you can't do DS because it requires, like, two sort of screens and, and whatever. Like, they did have DS games on the Wii U, but it would be, like, the would, the way it did its emulation was kind of weird. But, you know, whatever. There's still tons of games. And so we're finally getting N64 and Sega Genesis. Now, the Sega Genesis, I feel like, to this system is kind of cool. It was I remember when it came out on the virtual console but that was just sort of nintendo selling those games so that was like kind of cool on the wii when you could first do it <clears throat> excuse me and you could like go get hey sega genesis games but so they're calling it an expansion pack which is fine um but the issue everyone has is that it's going to cost more and initially rumors were like oh it's going to go from twenty dollars to thirty dollars and again this is still a year so it's not like a huge huge cost but the price is now going from $20 a year to $50 a year. And yeah, no. I, I, I know. No. And, and, like, 
and and it's maybe because like if the original Nintendo online system had cost like thirty and it was going from like thirty to forty, like it's still it just seems like at the end of the day it's still like a decent price for what it is, like fifty dollars a year. Like it's not fifty dollars a month; it's fifty dollars a year. But it's just like such sort of a slap in the face because like it's not really that great of a service in the first place, and it's like now it's going to cost more. And, you know, like the games we're getting, like the N64 games we're getting are like all the big, the big hits, you know, Super Mario 64, Super Mario Kart or Mario Kart 64, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, like whatever the games you would sort of expect. And the Sega Genesis things that we're getting is going to be cool. Um, You know, it's like Sonic 2 and Fantasy Star and Streets of Rage. Like, again, the games you would sort of expect, but it just feels like such a slap in the face because they don't issue the games once a month. They don't, they issue them so sporadically and randomly that it's like, you're telling me I'm going to go pay like $50 a year. And I just have access to these games that I could just emulate for free. I'll be honest. I just, I just, people just go emulate them for free. Like it's, it's, it's incredibly easy to do, right? Like people can like, you can download an emulator and you can play it on your phone. It's, it's just, it's such a bizarre business move. And I just yeah, I, don't, I feel I don't like um, emulation this day and age is uh, more accessible and uh, safer as opposed to when right. we were kind of being introduced to it in the early two thousands. Right, basically. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So the games so that makes sense. Yeah. So the games you're getting for the Nintendo sixty four, Mario sixty four, Mario Kart sixty four, Star Fox, Yoshi Story, Ocarina of Time, Operation Windback. That's actually a pretty cool game. That was kind of like the um, that was kind of a lot of people call it the N64 Metal Gear Solid. Um, I think it was relate. It was later released on the PlayStation 2, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, Mario Tennis, Dr. Mario 64, Sin and Punishment, um, which is actually a really cool game. It's made by Treasure, and um, it's an amazing shooter. There was a sequel on the Wii that actually was came out in, in English. Um, and it's a super, super fun shooter. A lot of people consider it might be the best-looking game on the Nintendo 64. Uh, but again, it's kind of cool. And, you know, there's there's tons of more just even first-party N64 games that could still come out. The original Smash Brothers, Pokemon Snap. Um, I mean, all, God, all the, all the Pokemon Puzzle League. All of those games could come out, and it would be a ton of fun. But it's just like if they, if they felt – if like – if they had a plan as to what they were doing, it's like, okay, here you'll get these games and these games, and we're rolling out three games a month. And But it's just like, it seems so sporadic that it's like, I have no idea what's going, what's even going on with it. Yeah. You know, you make a very good point with how the games are released. Um, and they're very, very randomly selected. So it's like, First month of this service, we could it could be very bare bones compared to what you get on Xbox and uh, PS4. Uh, now you know me. I'm not. I'm not someone where it's like I always liked everything. I was never. Um, I was never rallying for a single console or, or brand. You know, I, I as a kid, I loved. You know, it's like I would play PS1 and 64 and Game Boy Color all the time. 
as a kid and PS2 and uh, GameCube. Um, I wouldn't get an Xbox till the 360, but I would always be at a friend's house or something playing the first Xbox. I think everything had something great to offer. So despite my love for everything, though, it still just kind of gets me to this day that it's like, <sighs> Nintendo, you never quite got the online shtick right yet, right. kind of. And right. um, I really have no insight as to um, why that is. I don't know if you're pooling resources just into um, – different areas like i mean you guys just released that new uh switch um yeah, the, the oled switch one, so okay like i don't know if it has anything to do in things like that like trying to push your systems to um their limits i i really couldn't say um but yeah it, it kind of blows my mind to this day where it's like if i have, i have to play monster hunter um on the on the switch. And if I want to do voice chat, I got to use like a discord, discord right? Skype. I know. Basically. I know it's a joke. And kind of, kind of mind boggling. So yeah. yeah. So for a $50 price. Uh, well, and he, yeah. And here's the real, I, I don't know. here's that, the real, that's kicker. why here's the real. Like kicker. Okay. So the Sega Genesis collection I have pulled up here. So you're getting, again, these are good games and I'm a Sega. I was a Sega kid growing up um, even more than a, than a Nintendo kid. So you're getting Castlevania bloodlines, which to me is actually, I, it's, probably my favorite of all of the Castlevania games. Um, Contra Hardcore, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Golden Axe, Gunstar Heroes, Musha, uh, which is a really cool shooter and is like one of those games that's like $700 if you want to buy just a cart. Um, Fantasy Star 4, Rise Star, Shining Force, which I will speak to absolute lengths about how it's one of my absolute favorite RPGs ever. Um, wow. Uh, Shinobi 3, Sonic 2, Streets of Rage 2, and Strider. And again, these will be adding more. Now, remember, you're going from $20, which you don't actually have to get the expansion pass, um, and you will get That's access true. to an Animal Crossing DLC, which is coming out if you get the expansion pass. Now, that could be cool if that is like, oh, if you get the expansion, if you have the expansion pass, you will begin getting like DLC for free. Okay, now we're talking something that's cool. But again, we have no idea because Nintendo is like so terrible at explaining things. Um, so here we go, though. So, okay, so you're already spending your $20 to have SNES, Super Nintendo, whatever. So they want you to spend an extra $30 a year to get access to, you know, these, tw these like, what, tw whatever, eight, 16 Genesis games and, like, the 12 N64 games. But there's no promise or at all that will actually get more than like five more games in the next year. Well, so for on Amazon, you can get the Sonic or the Sega Genesis classics. Um, you can get it for like, it's now on sale. Uh, you can get, or it's, it's one of those games that I think started out at like $40, but now you can get it for like 15 on sale on Amazon for any platform. Well, it has like 50 Sega Genesis games and it has just about all of the ones that I already listed. Plus, like, way more. I mean, in that, you get games like Beyond Oasis, Comic Zone, which is, like, you know, one. it's probably the – it is one of the most, like, sort of prettiest Sega Genesis games and an absolutely awesome experience if you've never played it. Um, you're getting, like – I mean, Golden Axe 1, 2, and 3, Gunstar Heroes, which you get another one, Kid Chameleon, which is fun, Landstalker. You get Fantasy Star 2, 3, and 4. You get the Revenge of Shinobi, um, as well as Shinobi 3. You get Shining Force 1, 
2 and Shining in the Darkness, which is sort of like the game that comes before Shining Force. Sonic uh, 2 and Sonic 1, as well as Sonic Spinball, Sonic 3 and Sonic and & Knuckles, Sonic 3D Blast, Streets of Rage 1, 2, and 3. I mean, it's just Vector Man. I mean, it's, there's just way more games, and it's really the same price as you would be spending in order to get the extra games on Switch. So until I see more, I just can't recommend that anybody actually make that upgrade at all. Like I mean, it's just it it, it seems like a a wait a waste of a waste of money. Yeah. Plus, the only game right now that they've shown for the N sixty four emulator that I really want to play is uh, Yoshi Story. Right. And I'm I'm not going to pay fifty dollars just to play Yoshi Story. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You haven't even announced if we're getting No Mercy yet already. Well, yeah, like I, doubt, WCW I doubt. Yeah, we're, we're de- I tell you right now, we're definitely not getting those. But you know, I'm hey, until they until they announce Wave Race sixty four, I'm out. So as far as I, <laughs> but so, um, I mean, some so here we go. So their YouTube video, by the way, that's expa- explaining this has about a million views right now, sixteen thousand likes, and ninety one thousand dislikes. Like it, the, it, the internet has ratioed it into like oblivion because everyone says that the pricing is just absolutely stupid, and that's the whole deal. It's like everyone thought, especially because it, all of the leaks and everything said, hey, it's going to be thirty five dollars, which. If it was thirty five dollars, I would feel much better about the service. But it just yeah, seems I'd be like willing. fifty is I'd be just willing. like, dude, that's just a, such a, a huge leap to go for like stuff that's not really all that great. I mean, fifty fifty dollars is a lot of money. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can play. You can play these games online with your friends, which I actually almost think is stupid. Like, I actually almost I'd think like. I just highly doubt that there's actually that many people doing it. I highly doubt that there's that many people playing because you can do it with other games. So I highly doubt there's that many people actually playing or that will play like Mario Kart 64 online with each other. Why would you do that when you play Mario Kart 8? It's just so much better of a game. Just makes, Yeah, as makes... much as I love Mario Kart 64, I I have to agree with you on that. It's like I'd be I can't be so biased anymore based on how much time I spent playing that game as a kid. It's right. fun. It's great. I have great memories. But, yes, Mario Kart 8 is the superb game. So, yeah. exactly. Why Why would you do that? Right. Especially when, like, all the levels – because, you know, the Mario Kart 8 has, like, all the levels from all the Mario Kart games. Yeah, so – yeah, I just can't. I just can't. I can't recommend it. But um, what is cool though is they are making um, like they did with the NES and Super Nintendo. Um, if you are in the system, you can get like an officially licensed NES or SNES controller. You still have to buy them, obviously, but you can only get it if you're part of the service. And they are making now a um, Sega Genesis controller. And this is weird too. The American version is the three button Genesis controller, but if you live in Japan, you have access to the six button controller. Why? I don't oh, know. I didn't know that, actually. No, I thought they, it was just going to be the three-button right. general. Which is fine. I grew up with the three-button and then later got, a, later got a six. But um, but you can get a like brand-new N64 controller. That's like wireless nope. and works with the Switch. Um, which I don't know. I'm kinda, I am kind of. am a little excited for that, actually. Just I don't know why. I, I like the N64 controller. I don't know why. I, I know it's like not great, but I've just always – I don't know. I've just always liked it. I just – it's not a good controller, but I've just for, I've just always, I've me, just always liked it. For me as a kid, I 
flop back and forth between the two. By the time I was probably like 12 or 13, that's when I realized I don't like the N64 controller anymore. Right. I was like, I don't like this. Right. <laughs> I like, I love, love the N64. <laughs> I just don't like the controller. Right. So, uh, I, I, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, I'm gonna pass. I'm gonna pass on that. Right. So, unfortunately, hey, own. yeah. Unfortunately, own. it is only so. the gray version. Um, so I mean, that to me, that at was least the... give us one of the cool see-through colored versions. Come on, guys. Right. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, they'd sell so many more because everybody loves everybody loves those. So I mean, yeah. The 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 the, the that was like the best part of the N64 and like the Game Boy during that time was those are the colors. I had a purple. Oh yeah. I had a purple Game Boy color which i still have it's like well it's, yeah it's right there um and then i had like a i had like a i had like a pink see-through game boy advance and i had the orange see-through orange uh n64 and i loved it oh dude yeah you know, you know it amazes me um because you could get an n64 for um pretty you know cheap oh yeah but when you start dipping into the color variants Ooh, they... it amazes me what i see those um going for which makes me wonder how limited really were they were the colored variants i wonder yeah um because i don't ever really specifically what color did you them have saying you had the what's up you just had the gray didn't you n64 yeah yeah reg- i had regular n64 yeah um and i had a regular controller um i you know like one of my best friends he um he had a couple of solid colored controls for the n64 nothing really like um see-through right uh game boy i had um i had the lime green game boy color nice um a couple of my neighbors had the uh see-through the standard see-through game boy color uh which i always thought was uh great i always thought that was classic um playstation i had the original blocky PS1. I didn't have the uh, the slimmed version, which is if I mean the PS1 altogether is absolutely the most obsolete thing in the world, right? Um, because you could just get a PS2 and your PS1 games all you can play all of your PS1 games on the PS2 and they'll play better for for, for that as well. So, um, but yeah, I mean, if you wanted to get a regular PS1 just for the sanctity of that opening that original playstation opening when you boot right. the system up you just get the slim down one well because, because it, it, it is the best version yeah and the and the original gray one has so many issues and there's like multiple v- versions of it i loved the ps1 i think there's like two or three versions there of are the, of the uh of like that big yeah brick one um i don't recall which one um i had yeah there... what i can tell you though is i don't think i had the back port for action replay though yeah on mine i don't think i had so, i don't think i had that either yeah i don't remember which one had but i that, loved but i know i loved the ps1 i loved the way it looked i thought it was cool i still have mine um it's honest to god still one of my favorite video game designs to this day i don't know why it's I, one, I just yeah. i love I, I actually really do prefer white consoles i don't know i just I don't know why. I've just always always liked them. Like I love the Sega Dreamcast. Um, I remember when the Xbox 360 was coming out, and there was like, oh, if you get like the Elite, it's like in black, and then they started doing different colors. But I was like, no, I want the, I want it, the, I want it in white. 
Um, and then, you know, like they did the 360 Slim, which is the one I have now. Um, and they had like the Star Wars ones. They had all the different ones, but like it was like I always wanted the Star Wars ones because it was like it was like R two D two colors, and it was like white. Yeah, and, like, I remember like, the R two D two one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I almost got the white Wii U, even though it had less storage, and bought more storage for it. But I just ended up getting the the black one. I don't know why. I've just always preferred. I think you know the super. It goes back to the, for me the Super Nintendo. I love that gray and purple, and so I think I just prefer that as opposed to black consoles. I think black consoles. Um, they pick up just the way they pick up dirt and fingerprints and stuff like that. Yeah, it makes sense. Sure. I, I, I could see that. Um, for me, it just depends on the system itself. Um, I liked the uh, Black Sega Sports Edition of the Dreamcast. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, PS1 in general, I mean, I always just loved the way it looked. I mean, it's my favorite system of all time. Um, I always liked the standard... Um, Black PS2. I think they had a silver PS2 at one point. Oh, they did, yeah. Um, which, yeah. Um, uh, 360. I had original. I had an original white 360, but then I bought the uh, the black uh, slim when it came out later on, and that's probably my favorite version of the Xbox. Um, yeah. For for me, it uh, really just depends. I can tell you this: I never liked any red systems, any versions of a system they put out in red. I just I don't like the color red yeah. for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it's like it's like the Switch OLED. I I really want I want the even though it's just white Joy Cons, uh, you know, it's like man, I want just for the things. But I'm gonna hold out. I I play I, right. I've actually been playing so much more in docked mode that I don't feel the need to go get the uh, OLED. Yeah, I've already played dock. Yeah. So. Yeah. So all right. Well, um, hey, before we move on here, I will give a shout out um yeah. to these guys here over at Feedspot. Um, it's a website where they rank podcasts and stuff like that. And I got an email from, um, let me try to find the guy's name here. Um, I will try to pronounce this correctly on An- Anush, uh, who is the one who wrote this list. He did, they, they did, they ranked the top 15 best video game collecting podcasts. And we were listed as number two. Adam. Oh my god. So pretty cool, man. Guys, wow, what a surprise. We, Thanks a lot. Yeah, we know what we're holy cow. We know we know we know what we're talking about. So pretty I, I like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would never consider myself an uh authority on anything, but I do like to say uh when Matt and I talk on the show, we usually have our uh <laughs> our Shit it's true so. for video game yeah. collecting. I think it's because we're, we're always like, well, yeah, you, you know, like we do that. We do that. Whatever episode we did last time, we were we were talking about like Resident Evil games, and I was like, well, I don't know, man. You got to look at this version, and the, like you know, we know we know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. So cool. All right. Well, let's dive in uh, to meat and potatoes today, which is we're just talking yes. about the sort of three games we have just been playing recently. Um, and Adam, I'm gonna let you go first because I know that you've uh, you've been sending me some messages. You've been doing a little bit, I think, of collecting and stuff. But that doesn't mean that's what you're playing. But uh, I'll I'll let you go first. Yeah. Well, I guess just for um, you know, just for last year and there, um, I I happened to send Matt a couple of texts. Uh, I happened to pick up for like dirt cheap for like four bucks each. I um, found Grand Turismo two. And a uh, Namco um, arcade game collection for the the PS1, and it's just like, you know what? Why not? Grand Turismo 2 was a great game that pushed the PS1 to its limits. Oh, yeah. At that time, a lot of people were like amazed how a game that looked that good could perform on the PS1. Um, 
And the Namco Museum, I mean, come on, it's got like um, Miss Pac-Man, Galaxian, Tower of uh, Draga. I don't never know if I'm saying that right, but um, yeah, I mean, just just why not? Um, I was dipping into those a little bit here and there since I got them, but what I'm really playing, however, so we're gonna we're go, we're going back to the 360, and I say this because um, I love westerns. And I have not played this game ever. And again, I was out one day and found it for like four bucks. And I figured, well, why the hell not? I have not played Red Dead Redemption 2 yet. Oh, man. And I've, <laughs> and I've been dying to. I've been dying to. But I told myself, if I am going to play Red Dead Redemption 2, I know it's a prequel. But I'm going to do this right. I picked up the first Red Dead Redemption been playing it on my xbox one because it's backwards compatible for those of you wondering and the best part is is when you get a 360 game that is backwards compatible if you didn't have downloadable content on your original 360 the patches and updates give it all to you so that's pretty dang good so i got undead nightmare on there for free and all the add-ons like golden guns and other um item packs that I probably would have had to bought if I was just playing on my my regular 360. Um, so, because Red Dead Redemption 2 is still popular, I feel like it's still relevant that I could talk about the first Red Dead Redemption. Well, when you really think about it, it's the second game of the series, because Red Dead Revolver was the first game uh, back on the uh, PS2 and the original Xbox. Uh, but yeah, man... I mean, but and also with the news of the uh, the remastered GTA 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, it's all Rockstar. It's all relevant. I feel like at this point, and I'm so glad I picked up Red Dead Redemption, I had an absolute ball with this game. Playing as John Marston, riding around the Old West, I... Oh, man, GTA with cowboys, you know, open world, this great alternate version of Texas and Mexico um, they made. And what I love about it is is that it takes place um, in 1911. Mm-hmm. So have you played Red Dead Redemption, Matt? Uh, uh, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, yeah. I love I love how. Even though it's its own made-up version of Texas and Mexico, you know, it's like it's made-up states and everything, just like how GTA has done with Liberty City, San Andreas, and Vice City, and all that. Um, I love, though, how the time period greatly reflects how, even though we're in the 1900s at this point in the United States, when you got to those southwestern areas or the west coast that early in american history they were really trying hard to catch up to modernizing you know yes like it's everything kind of still looked like how when it was first settled in like the 1800s basically like when the gold rush started and stuff like that so they're being finally introduced to um the first cars they haven't even seen the first airplane yet or anything like that and 
I think that's cool how you see these little hints every now and then creaking into that Old West style. It's it's a very nice uh, aesthetic. I feel like it's cool to be uh, when you go to Blackwater, you're riding on horse and all of a sudden the road turns to cobblestone. Mm-hmm. And, oh, there's a car parked right there on the road and stuff like that. But what really gets me is, like any Rockstar game, it's that typical fashion where it's like, when you get caught up with the law, you know, you, you have, you know, the, the FBI wasn't even a full-on thing yet. It was still just called the Bureau of Investigation. Right. It wasn't the full-on FBI yet until, I think, what, the 30s, I think, is uh, when the FBI no, actually. No, that's, that's, uh, that's like the, it, it, it kind of happens sort of after. Um, okay, okay. It, yeah, it really, I mean, well, yeah, I mean, it really gets sort of created after, like officially kind of created after World War II. Okay, all right, so... But anyway, I love that you're trying to get your family back. These bureau guys are just man, they're dicks. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> like, like big time. And uh, spoiler, spoiler alert, especially for what they do to you. Um, in the end, after you give them Dutch, you give them Javier, you give them Bill. You know, well, in a sense, you kind of give them Dutch because Dutch. Uh, Dutch kills himself, but, uh, you know, I just, the missions are fun. You have colorful characters. Like, don't get me started on Nigel West Dickens, man. That guy, for such a scumbag and for such a swindler, he's so, like, jolly and, like, upbeat and funny. I'm just like, man, I hate you, but you're so funny, though, at the same time. Um, I like how, I don't know if people realize this, um... The horses have stats, which I think yes. is really interesting. Certain horses have better stamina. Certain horses have better health. And certain horses are just faster uh, than the others. Um, uh, I like the uh, fun weapon selection because you start off uh, with you know, your typical revolvers and repeater rifles. But then you start getting stuff like um, a 1903 pistol, um, a lever action rifle. A semi-automatic shotgun, and it's kind of just like, yeah, it's like this kind of tech was starting to slowly trickle down into that area of uh, the United States. Fun side missions, uh, you deal with uh, cannibals kidnapping people outside of uh, Armadillo, trying to eat them. Um, You're in it. The guy trying to start a, uh, a movie studio but gets run out of town, stuff like that. Uh, very fun. Cool outfits, too. And certain outfits give you different stats. I always wore the, uh, the gentleman's suit. So you can play poker. To, uh, cheating poker. Yeah, cheating cards and stuff. Yeah, I, um, I just like the look. Um, I just felt like a, a badass cowboy living out in the, the Wild West, man. I just I loved the setting. I loved uh, the music uh, in the game. It was just, um, it was very, you know, serene. I love that when you go to Mexico, it's like you're helping both the freedom fighters and the corrupt government. But it's like, you know what, Reyes, I know you're trying to, like, let your people be free under Allende's, like, iron, like, he's like a military dictator in a way. But it's like, 
you're both dicks. I don't like either one of you. You know what I mean? It's it's like Rockstar was always really good at creating very polarizing characters like that, but you have no choice but to work for them though. You know, especially if you want to complete like all the missions and like, you know, get a high percentage rate when you uh beat the game. I don't remember what my percentage rate was, but um I had just finished it. And I'm so glad I finally played this. So I will be moving on to uh, Red Dead 2 finally on the Xbox One uh, shortly. Um, yeah, do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, this time? Uh, yes, I do. And it? actually, it's going to tie into uh, one of my games here in a second. Um, but yeah, Ooh. Red Dead. Um, God, man. I mean, Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead. Well, they're both just absolutely absolutely uh phenomenal games and it's just what rockstar does i mean i love i actually think that their sort of strategy of um making like one game i know like grand theft auto 5 has been around for like you know 10 years at this point and it feels like they're still milking it but it's just what they do where they they make this one game and it's so massive and it feels so unique um it takes forever to make but 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 the end product is just so good right and red dead for me um, we list, I listed it in um, our top 10 favorite games of the decade. Uh, it, I don't know what it is about that game, man. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's everything I think is the easiest way to just des- easiest way to describe it. Um, I like it more than the Grand Theft Auto series, even though there is kind of less, oh, wow. even less to do. Uh, and I think it's just, I like the old West. I like the aesthetic. Um, I like that you... Like you said, I like I like cheating in poker. I think it's fun. I think it, it knows sort of what it is, um, and it is different than Grand Theft Auto, um, but it is it's unique. There's no, I mean, there's no other game like Red Dead. Other there have been other westerns, but there's just nothing like it um, with that sort of deep storytelling. And once you get to play Red Dead Redemption Two you will appreciate Red Dead Redemption 1 that much more. I don't I, I, I can't spoil any of the story or the gameplay or anything um, for it. But uh, even though it is a prequel to it, um, it'll actually, a lot of the conversations that you have in Red Dead 1, the backstory and everything gets told, and even interactions with specific characters, like um, the strange man you meet in Red Dead 2, right? Uh, I don't know if, did you ever meet him, or excuse me, in Red Dead 1, did you ever meet him? He's like one of the he's like one of the side missions. He's like this guy. He's got like a he's got like a top hat and a mustache. Um, did you ever run into that guy? I must have skipped that side mission. Okay. Yeah, so, I don't think okay. I did but that anyway, one. So you meet this guy and he's like talking to John um, about like life and choices and all of these things. Um, and then he's kind of like, "I know you," uh, and he keeps sort of like he's very vague in every in everything. Um, and he'll give you uh, he gives you these sort of like you know missions that are sort of morality based. Um, and at the end, John gets kind of like upset with him and like starts to shoot at this guy, and uh, the guy just sort of is unaffected. And he sort of walks off into the distance. And so the big sort of theory is that he's like the devil, uh, or that he's like you know in you know something like that, like he's God or he's the devil, and he's like directly speaking to John in these missions. It's super cool, um, and it's just a lot of the, a lot of that stuff. Even like stuff like that, like that they do is there's sort of like wacky weird stuff in the Red Dead in the Red Dead series. Um, it just has so much more. Like honestly, kind of like it's their morality based sort of missions. It's funny. It's like different than Grand Theft Auto, where a lot of it's like jokes and funny. Um, 
the I don't know if you, did you ever do the Bigfoot missions in in Red Dead? I didn't do uh, the Bigfoot missions. Uh, to be honest, I don't even think I knew about those because right. I think I think I was just focusing on other right. things. One side mission that stood out to me, though, uh, if you want to talk about weird and somewhat wacky, is um, I helped a guy uh, who was in love with a horse. Yes. Yep. So I did that. Yep. That was a, that was pretty interesting. I was like, okay, this this kind of got something I would this got like weird GTA uh vibes all over it in in, in a sense. So yeah. yeah. Well so like the I did that. Yeah, um, the Bigfoot one is is yeah, man, it's kind of weird too because uh like you start here there's like rumors that there's like creatures out there eating babies and stuff like that and then you you end up going to find bigfoot and he basically just begs you to kill him because he's like the last of his kind and he's like all alone oh my and God. stuff like that yeah it's it's crazy man it's like the morality stuff that they put you to and then in red dead 2 it just gets amplified every um i still think i just sort of prefer red dead 1 over 2 even though there's way less to do just because i think i like john's story a little bit more than arthur's um but uh i mean the whole thing is just it's great and hey, maybe they'll eventually. They, I think, I think the possibility of the, of Red Dead One getting sort of a remaster is much more likely now that we just got the uh, Grand Theft Auto, that Grand Theft Auto uh, Three, that sort of trilogy, right? Three Vice City yeah. and um, San Andreas are getting like a remaster, which comes out here shortly. So, and it, it's coming to Switch. So, I'll probably get it on a PC, but definitely going to check it out. Yeah, I'll probably just get that on my Xbox. One last thing I wanted to just add up really quick was. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, John was a bad guy that did bad things, but you kind of really see a guy where at some points he doesn't care about the things he's doing because he just wants his family more than anything. And, um, you know, there's something, I mean, obviously there's something very uh, uh, compelling uh, about that, but, and it's crazy just what happens to him. In the end, I won't give uh, uh, too much away there for anyone that hasn't uh, played it. But all I will say is, uh, I'm gonna and I'm gonna be kind of um, vague here to a degree. Is um, with the way the game kind of ends, there's a time jump, and I'm not I'm, and. For, again, for anyone that hasn't played it, that is listening to this, I'm not going to tell you what that time jump uh, consists of. But with what it does and what it entails, once that happens, it adds some very, very good closure, I think, uh, for the story. Yeah. And um, definitely a great way to uh, uh, wrap it up. Um, it kind of almost somewhat reminded me in a way, too, of uh, a Western version of uh, The Sopranos. I'll go as far as I can say, say that. that as well. Yeah. But yeah, there we go. Yeah, I could, I, I, I could, yeah, I, I could see that. So, um, okay, well, this is interesting actually because I have a Rockstar big open world uh, game to talk about uh, as well, and actually, uh, kind of like you, I think I went in a different uh, direction here. Um, so I bought recently all of the like Grand Theft Auto games, which now I feel like an idiot for, considering that they're remastering uh, three Vice City and San Andreas. So, oops on that purchase um but uh <laughs> but uh, i whatever i guess i'll just hold off because i don't know why i just kind of want to get back into the grand theft auto series and play through it but the one that i wanted to play because i i've never i actually have never played grand theft auto 5 um like at all 
it's a fun game at all. I really had a and lot so of fun. Anyways, with so I bought it, and I downloaded it, but I haven't touched it yet because I went back and I was like, you know, I never finished Grand Theft Auto Four, and so I Four is my favorite. So I'm playing. Yeah, I'm replaying or I'm playing through Grand Theft Auto Four. I'm actually right at the spot right now where it's like that's just always where I got into the game, and then I just stopped playing for whatever reason. Um, but I will say playing it on my computer, this is without mods, but just playing, it's like, it's still a pretty game. Like playing it on my computer, you know, the resolutions upscaled and everything like, man, this game is just really, really pretty. Um, very good looking. And other than, you know, I like, I actually might think that Nico Bellic might be in of, I think I like Nico Bellic, maybe even more than Tommy Versetti. Because I think I do too. Uh, yes. Just because he's much more of like a real character, um, and you like get to see what's going on, and the the cutscenes in this game are amazing. I mean, they're like really long and stuff, and um, for like for like what this game was, it's like incredibly ambitious, like incredibly ambitious for like to think that this game like came out in like the early Xbox 360 life cycle, right? And PlayStation 3 life cycle. Like it's pretty crazy because it's a massive massive game. Like keep this in mind, like Grand Theft Auto 5 is playable what came out at the end of the PlayStation 3 life cycle. Um and so really it's like they were really almost like piecing this together like you know, when you go through console life cycles, it's like Every year, you, like the the new games that come out are just that much better typically than the games that came out a year before. Um, so you're talking like Grand Theft Auto Five comes out in like twenty I don't know what twenty twelve twenty thirteen or whatever, um, like deep into the PlayStation 3's life cycle. It's like Grand Theft Auto Four was like two thousand like eight or two thousand nine. I mean, it's like crazy to think about that they that yeah. they like because when they started developing this game, they had to be developing it in the minds of like working with like PlayStation two architecture. And it's like, it's like crazy just to sort of think about that. But the, the, the sheer amount of stuff that you can do going even from like San Andreas, which like that game really pushes the PlayStation two to its absolute like peak. I mean, (laughs) I mean, they squeezed literally every single possible ounce out of that thing. Um, but uh, I mean, Grand Theft Auto Four. I mean, like the the, the cell phone, like just this, like the cell phone itself is such a quality of life upgrade compared to the previous Grand Theft Auto games. Um, I know swimming was added in San Andreas, but you can swim uh, here too. Like that's so much better. Really, the only downside to this game is sort of the driving. That's like that seems to be the typical. That seems to be the the biggest complaint about Grand Theft Auto Fours about Grand Theft. Forest or uh, Forest Game Engine is this just the way they did the driving? How it's a little more realistic and it's not sort of as arcadey as it was in the other games. Um, but once you kind of get used to it, once you like get back into the Grand Theft Auto Four uh, mindset of it, it's it's it you end up you know controlling your sliding around corners and stuff like that a little bit better. But yeah, I don't know. I think it was it was it was such a fun return to Liberty City after doing Vice City and San Andreas. And I just like the really like the character of Nico because he's a little more grounded, a little more down to earth. Um, just a lot of the side missions you get to do and and everything. It was just such a leap forward compared to like San Andreas, even though they took some stuff out, like you know that you didn't have, um, you know in San Andreas, like you can like work out and build your character and stuff like that. They they got rid of some of that, but. Um, 
I don't know. I just liked it. Going to bars, getting drunk. Like you have to like call people and hang out. And like the more you sort of like do those side missions, the more you're rewarded because you like get things right. Like you do Romans side missions and now you have access to getting the cabs, which will like let you like fast transport around the city. Um, just a it's, it's a great sort of experience. Uh, do you have a favorite radio station? Yeah, this or, is uh, GTA GTA 4. Four. The radio stations to me were were prob that 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 to me was sort of a letdown just because of like how, I mean, really you think so? Well, it's let me let me say this. It's okay. I mean, again, to each his own. I I just like I think for me speak, like say for piece. me <laughs> for me like Vice City and Vice City Stories radio stations. Not just in terms of the music because I just prefer that. So that's like subjective because that's like to each his own. But the way they handle commercials and the interactiveness in in like in Vice City and even in Vice City Stories, I just have always felt like that is the absolute peak of radio in the Grand Theft Auto series. And again, I haven't played five, so I, I can't speak to that. But um, yeah, I don't know. Grand Theft Auto Four, like the radio, it just it, if to me, I just I don't know. I just didn't dive into it as much. Um, even San Andreas, I felt like the radio stations was just kind of a little bit was a step back for me but um i yeah i don't know eh, i didn't i guess i just kind of just shuffled through it. I, I didn't pay as much attention to it as i did in the other games i loved radio broker um because uh not not just get too into this there there, there were bands on uh radio broker that uh i was kind of getting into at that time, and coincidentally, they were being put uh, into this game. So that was getting me excited because I was like, well, now more people are going to know, uh, basically. Uh, fun fact, uh, the GTA 3 radio stations, with the exception of um, two of them, two of the stations, KJA and um, Flashback 95, those two stations are the only ones with actual licensed music. All the other ra- songs on the radio stations were like specifically made for the game, actually. Because Flashback is actually all 80s songs with like, um, I know Debbie Harry is there, and um, I forget who does the song Shake It Up, but it was in Scarface, though. Um, so you had that, but um, Keja was. Uh, all the songs were done by the same artist. It was a reggae artist called uh, Scientist. But um, everything else was specifically crafted for GTA 3 and uh, nothing else. So I always thought that was very uh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I guess I just listened to Liberty Rock. But, you know, the, I would say that, the, I don't know, I felt like the, the the dialogue between the characters a lot when they were talking was like so, I was always like so much more interested in that in this game that I was I was actually like, I was actually sort of listening to... I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, and I think I think the other thing is that in this game, because of the taxi system, I felt like I actually didn't drive around as much as you did in the other games. Yeah, I actually just drove. I never really used the, yeah. uh, the taxi system, so I felt like I would fast travel more in the. Well, I guess really I would fast travel in this game because there wasn't fast traveling in the other games. Um, so I didn't I didn't dive as deep into uh, the radio stations. But I mean, for me, it's like I don't know that anything can beat V Rock ever. Like V Rock is just so good uh, from Vice City. City that it's like so hard to even begin to compare anything because it's just. 
it's so funny. And then, of course, that ties into, like, Grand Theft Auto 3, right? Because Laszlo, you know, like, the radio disc jockey travels. Right, and but exactly. Then, and then, like, when I the first time I played Vice City Stories, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is, like, a sort of a prequel to Vice City. And, like, because in Vice City, you're, you hear about how Laszlo's, like, there and Cousin Ed, you know, is, like, upset with him and all this stuff. Then you get to Vice City Stories, and, like, no, Laszlo was his intern and stuff like that. It's just so freaking hilarious. And, like, I just, I don't know, I just, the commercials in um, – Vice had the best commercials. The, the commercials in Vice City, the Exploder, you know, like it's just so knife after dark. Like it's just knife after dark, uh, man. The, oh my god, <laughs> they're, just, they're just so much better that it's hard for me to even begin to sort of compare, right? Like to begin to compare like stuff to it. But um, yeah. So anyway, I don't know. I think even right now, like going back and playing Grand Theft Auto Four after however many years, over ten years. Um, Man, that game still holds up great. It is still it, I can playing it on my computer. So. You know, I'm playing it like 4K resolution, and it's still gorgeous. And it's just, it's just, it it's, it controls well. It um, it definitely feels different, obviously, than like the Grand Theft Auto one, two, and three. And I, I, from what I've seen, Grand Theft Auto five, at least the driving is much more like fluid and and better and controls better. But the story, yeah, five, the story but... in four is just so good, and like you're just so tied to to Nico, like. And just even even more so than the other games, because it's like Grand Theft Auto Four's story is is much more grounded and like less. I mean, it's still over the top a little bit, but it's like not nearly as over the top as like as like Vice City or, or San Andreas. I agree because it's pretty um, one way when you think about it of a revenge story, right? Really. So so yeah, I could agree with that definitely. Yeah. So yeah, I love GTA Four. I think it's still to this day uh, my favorite GTA. Even though I had such great times with those, you know, with like Three Vice City and San Andreas. Of course, those were great for the time they came out, and I still think they have a certain uh, charm for them. But GTA Four definitely served as a big forerunner of what was to come for uh, I think Rockstar in general. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. All right, man. I'll toss it back to you. All right. So this one was like a real big curveball for me because for a good while, probably since I was a teenager, I strayed away from um, first-person shooters. I um, I think with how watered down Call of Duty became down the line, uh, I just became very unattracted to first-person shooters in general. But there was one particular series that was always calling my name. And uh, I figured, you know what? If I'm going to do this right, I'm going to start with where this series was, in a, in a sense, kind of a... I don't know if rebooted is the right word to really uh, use here, but I went and got uh, Wolfenstein New Order. Oh, okay. Long overdue for me. And um, I'm so glad I did. Because um, I felt, um, with the simplicity of its uh, storyline... And the way it plays, more than anything, the way it plays, and the mechanics of how you can pick up health and armor and stuff like that, it was, for me, playing Wolfenstein New Order was such a callback for me when I was playing games like Turok or the first Medal of Honor games. Stuff like that. The first the first Halos. Like, so, for me, I felt like Whoever made this game, the guys at Bethesda that helped make this game, 
And Machine Games. Machine Games developed it. I'm sorry. Bethesda just uh, published it. Um, I feel like they were just looking at things like um, Call of Duty and maybe maybe potentially Battlefield, but I'm not really going to call out Battlefield on this because I like DICE in the sense of what they did with um, Battlefront, for Star Wars Battlefront, really. Um, but I feel like they were just watching things around them and were just like, we're going to do this in the sense where it's like, a callback to like the nineties and early two thousands, basically. And I felt it was a real callback with the way the games are paced with how, how you move through the levels um, much more arcadey than I, I feel like how call of duty was much more uh, became a lot more tactical right. over the years. Once you moved into modern warfare and stuff like that. Um, so, um, you know, it's just that classic tale of, Hey, what if the Nazis did win World War II? What if Hitler actually did, um, you know, have biomechanical weapons like they um, theorized about? And uh, it dips more into that occult stuff that people theorized as well when it comes to uh, Nazism. And I thought, you guys took all of that and mashed it together in this alternate World War II history game and you did it so cohesively i felt like everything meshed together uh well uh the characters were fun uh blaskowitz is a total badass. oh absolutely um i so you know at the beginning of this game you're faced with a choice i sacrificed um rufus because um I know it's just the game, but I felt bad for Wyatt since when you really think about it, Wyatt was a rookie and uh, just a kid, really, compared to everybody else. And, uh, well, as the, the bonus for that was you get lockpicking skills and um, extra armor upgrades. So I was like, okay, you know, that's cool. And um, just fun level designs. Um, I, I, It's... It's one of those games too. I feel like it didn't. It doesn't hold your hand like as when it comes down to like boss battles. Right. Oh like, no, no. The final battle, final every, boss battle is hard. There and there and I, I had to find out the hard way. It's like all you have to do, avoid the fire and just keep shooting. Yeah. That's it. That's 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 like how most of those first person games used to be back in the day. Take cover and just run and gun, man. Like that, like that's it. It's a bullet like, sponge. There's, there's I love. I, I I like those sometimes, and I think it's fun. Yeah, yeah. And um, I uh, again, I like the idea that well, by the time the game really takes off, you're in like uh, it's like the early '60s uh, at this point, and it's this nice blend of '60s. And 21st century tech really like blended together, and I thought, oh, that's 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 a that's a pretty interesting uh, aesthetic. Um, the characters are fun. Um, I forget the char- I forget his name, but the guy that's essentially supposed to be uh, Hendrix. Oh yeah. Uh, up. But uh, all I could say for him is, what a way to go out. Um, Definitely some epic storytelling. Uh, 
and you just you really hate the bad guys in this like you 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 really really do uh a fun tidbit in this game is that you could pick up and read newspaper articles right to um find out what's happening as more countries have submitted to uh nazi germany and there's one that stands out to me <laughs> that i just think it's like it was an article about how people in britain were stopping uh, eating uh, fish and chips and converting to sauerkraut and sausage. Huh. And the newspaper article reads like, because everyone knows that sauerkraut and sausage is the superior and healthy route to go as opposed to fish and chips. And I'm like, well, that's kind of debatable. I think right, about, right, <laughs> what do you think right. about it? So it's like, I'm like, well, there's that. Okay. Um, Death's, Head, Death's Head is a really freaky looking guy too. Um, I think as a boss, he's a very opposing looking uh, uh, figure. It's got the classic like levels where you have to go undercover too and not get caught. For me, that was a total callback to the first Medal of Honor games when you had to do stuff like that as well. Um, so, so yeah, I'm I'm definitely glad I picked this up. Um, in addition, I'm gonna throw this in with this as as a bonus. I did um, Old Blood uh, right after it, which is the prequel. Um, I'm just going to kind of use that as an honorable mention yeah. since that game is so quick to get through, uh, really. But um, that game is really fun, too, in the sense where I feel like that's more of like a uh, like a World War II game as opposed to uh, New Order, in a, in a sense, basically, with uh, where they were tech-wise in that game because the war hadn't uh, ended yet and um, America hadn't lost yet. Uh, but they did some fun things with that alternate history. So, yeah, I'm I'm really glad I picked it up, and I'm looking forward to moving ahead with that series with um, New Colossus and uh, I think Youngblood. I yeah. think Youngblood's yep. the one after that. I yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I played this. Uh, man, I picked it up. I think I just bought it randomly. One, you know, like sort of. It had been out for like a year or two on PlayStation Four. Played through it. Um, yeah, gorgeous game. I agree with you. It definitely doesn't feel like a Call of Duty. It feels more even sort of like an older like sort of 90s you know like almost like a doom and i guess you know there was wolfenstein back in the day so it kind of feels i guess like that um definitely more arcadey uh great huge set pieces throughout the story right like you're like if you go from like driving a u-boat to like climbing mountain or like climbing up this like rock cliff to getting like big guns and just taking out stuff. There's one point where you're in like a prison you have to sort of like go talk to people. And then like, yeah, there's like sneaking sections. I mean, it's a, it's a great sort of campaign to, to play through. Very well-rounded. It's very well-rounded for a first person shooter game, the way it incorporates those other elements. So yeah. Yeah. And it looks pretty. It's pretty. You go to the moon at some at one point. Like it's. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Crazy. Nazis landing on the moon. Oh moon my Nazis. god. Which was a concept. Yeah. Oh my god. Jesus Christ, man. Well, it it takes you. Uh, it really takes you all over the place. Um. Yeah. Uh, I. Uh, so this this game is responsible for my next choice, which I'll get into after. Uh, uh, yours. So. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. I. Uh. So. You know, this is in, this is interesting because we were talking about the N sixty four earlier. Okay. And 
Huh. I love N64 racing games. I don't know what it is. I just love it. I think the N64 has some of the best top-to-bottom racing franchises on it, like Star Wars Episode One Racer, obviously Wave Race 64, Super Mario Kart 64, Diddy Kong Racing. I mean, like the Beetle Adventure racing game. There's Road Rash Jailbreak. Uh, Hydro Thunder's on there. Oh, Hydro F- Thunder's F- classic. F-Zero. I mean, F-Zero X is on there. But let me... T- Very underrated game, actually, yeah. I think, F-Zero X is. But there is a uh, racing franchise on the N64 um, that is one of those you, like, kind of forget about because they've never had a sequel. Well, that turns out they have had a few sequels, but it's, like, been so sporadic you would almost forget that the series even existed. And that is the Cruisin series, okay? So the N64. Oh, my God, I forgot all so about the that N64, series. you had Cruisin' USA, Cruisin' yes. World, Cruisin' Exotica. Then it was, like, long time goes by, and there was, like, a Cruisin' game for the Wii that's, like, trash and shouldn't even be played. But. Uh, released onto the Switch here recently is an is a arc is a port of an of an arcade game from 2017 and that is Cruisin' Blast and let me tell you, Cruisin' Blast is worth every single penny that that game costs because it is just it's just a fantastic time. There's just no other way to describe it. It's like. In, it's as over the top as you can possibly get. I mean, like it's hard to get more over the top than Cruisin' Blast. Um, I mean, it's pure just arcade racer. Um, I mean, dude, it's like it's just insane. Like you start out and you get like you know you get this was the game you I think you texted oh, yeah. me right yeah Cruisin' yeah yeah, yeah. Cruisin' Blast. So it's like just arcade racer. Um, I mean like I mean like pure arcade racer. Um, definitely feels like something like from the nineties, uh, you know, that you have like stages where you're like, you know, you're driving, you know, so you started, you get like a handful of cars, you get like, you know, your Corvette and you get like, you know, a Nissan, some sort of like high end Nissan and you get like a Hummer and stuff like that. Then you can, un- like the cars you can unlock are just get, just get more and more ridiculous. So you get like. So you go to like, okay, well, you can get like a school bus and a fire truck and like a motorcycle to a police helicopter to a a unicorn and a triceratops and a tank. It is just like, it just gets more and more ridiculous. And then the stages, it's like, okay, each stage has kind of like a theme. And so one, it's like a UFO theme. So it's like UFOs flying around, like shooting the grounds, shooting, you know, shooting stuff, blowing stuff up. There's like dinosaurs you have to escape from. It just gets like more and more over the top, and there's like these enormous just jumps you're going on, and you can just smash into your opponents and wreck them, and it's just awesome. It's just so much. It's just you're gonna have a smile on your face the entire time you're playing. The soundtrack is amazing. Like I don't know if you can, I don't know if it'll it'll come, it'll blast through your earphones or whatever. But uh, uh, just when you get a second, just listen to the opening song because it's the song that plays in the menu, and it's just it's just awesome. Um, well, it's even. Some of these cars look like Tron cars oh, yeah. almost in a sense. And then, like, oh my yeah, God. you can upgrade them because you get like neons and then you get decals and you get like engine, you know, like, you know, rockets that are on the side. They get attached to the side of them. They don't really do anything with it. It's a look fun. Um, yeah. And then in each stage, there's like there's like money spread throughout that you can find, which you can use for your upgrades. There's um, keys, which you will find, and then you get enough keys and you unlock more cars. Um, and that's really kind of it. I mean, that's that's just really all there is to it. There is an online multiplayer, but there is local 
But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just fun. It's just a fun arcade racer where you're just like blasting through everything and smashing opponents and just racing to the end. And like the harder difficulties get hard. I mean, you have to like know every shortcut. You have to know like every shortcut. And I like this looks great. It's so much fun. It's just fun. That's just like it's just the the easiest way. Just to if one word describes cruise and blast, it's just fun. You will have a smile on your face. I guarantee it. God, yeah, I'm seeing the dinosaurs. I'm seeing a helicopter, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a helicopter, a UFO, uh, uh, like uh, a unicorn. It's just ridiculous. And like the U- it's great because you see right. like you see things that are like this looks like a James Bond car. Right. There's an SUV. It's young, right. You get a U- well, yeah, yeah you, you get a right. Oh my god! And so like it's just fun too because later when you unlock the body kits, like they're like ridiculous body kits too. I mean like they're super over the top. Um, because you know like like okay. your Corvette, you, you like a spoiler and whatever. Um, but then, like, your Triceratops gets, like, metal framing on his, like, you know, on his face. Like, you get, like, a hammerhead shark that gets, like, a laser attached. It doesn't do anything, but it's just ridiculous. And it's, like, your, like a unicorn gets, like, rockets strapped to the back of it and gets, like, wings. It's just fun. It's just, it's, just, it's just fun. It's just a ton of fun. And the races are short. I mean, they're, like, like the longest race is, like, there's no race over two minutes. No race over two minutes. There are some races that are 45 seconds. And so it's just like a mad dash, like to the end. So explain this to me. I'm looking at a shot. So I'm seeing like a like a Mustang, a Corvette, uh, something that looks like a low rider. I'm seeing like a, a Hummer. But now I'm seeing a monster yep, truck. Yep, the monster truck's fun. A uh, a double decker yep, bus. A double decker bus, <laughs> man. It's awesome. A fire truck, <laughs> like. What is going on? It's here? just it's cruising blast, man. That's what's going on here. Oh my god, this is what what a callback! It's so oh great. It's so much fun. I see. I remember they showed it off at at Nintendo's E3, and I was like, oh, that looks fun. Um, and then you just get into it, and you're yeah. You, there's an F1 car. There's like a police Lamborghini. I mean, it's just sweet. It's it's just it's it's yeah. It's it's like a it's just a classic video game, and everyone that's playing it is like, oh man, it's just fun. That's just the. It's not. It, don't get me wrong. It's not Forza Horizon. Okay. It's not like need for like any of the new Need for Speed games. I mean, it's just it's it's just a fun arcade, yeah. pure arcade racer. Um, and you, you, you will, I mean, you're going to have a great 10 to 20 hours with it. Yeah. I, I feel like there's been a real, uh, resurgence in these kind of, um, arcade racers lately. So that's kind of fun to see. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like, you know, some of the simulation ones are, so some of them are, are, uh, are fun. I think depending on which one you play, but I've always kind of steered more to the arcade style of, of things. Right. So, yeah, no, that's that's refreshing. That's it's, really refreshing it's to great. see. And Definitely. don't get me wrong. It's not even, like, the best-looking game. I mean, like, it's it clear. It looks pretty impressive, right. though, I, I think. Yeah, and the set so... piece, I mean, the set pieces are just, like, I mean, like, as, as large as you can get. I mean, there's, like, one where you're racing through these, like, icy mountains. Or there's, like a, like, a, you know, like, a 100-foot Yeti that, like, tries to reach out and grab you and, like, then you're racing through like London, and there's like you know the Eye of London, which is like that big um, Ferris wheel, right? Like if you ever see shots of like the city of London, it's like it like breaks off, and like sure, yeah. you're going through California, and like aliens attack, and then like a giant donut's rolling down the street, and you like gotta you know avoid it, and it's just fun. It's just it's just fun. It's just the only way to describe uh... it. You're just gonna have you're just gonna have a super fun time. You can drift, uh, you know, and drift, and then boost like you can in Mario Kart. Um, Very nice, yeah. yeah. 
you get like, you, when you hit you can do stunts so you know you can do like backflips and stuff with your with your fire truck it's awesome every car every car is completely customizable you can change like it's um you can change its colors and there's like a, there's like a bunch of colors so you can do metallic or whatever but it's just cool it's just fun it's the only way to describe it yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to keep my eye out on this, I'll probably add it to my wish list. Yeah, de- oh, definitely, sure. it's worth it. It is. I, I, I paid forty dollars for it when it first came out because I was like, all right, I gotta get this. Because at first I was like, yeah, maybe I'll wait for it to go on sale. And I just kept seeing more and more reviews, and I was like, I just gotta get it. And then I did, and I was, well, and I haven't the... regretted it at all. Well, looking at the content that it offers and right. how it looks graphically, and I think based on. Uh, the license it comes from, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say that's probably. And I did, a, a fair I did price. not realize. I guess somehow over the years. So I guess the original games were. It's kind of like murky as to how exactly it worked out, but the original games were developed by Midway, right? Who like made all those like classic arcade games like NBA Jam. And sure, they were Mortal sure, Kombat, yeah. right? Um, and stuff like that. And so then at some point, like Hydro Thunder, stuff like that. At some point, you know, Midway was going through financial troubles and all this stuff. And so then Warner Brothers ends up buying them. Um, But so at some point, I think Nintendo (laughs) bought the license from Midway. Uh, And so it's now a Nintendo owns. This is a Nintendo racing franchise, which is crazy because we've all been asking Nintendo to release more racing franchises like F-Zero, you know, like or or whatever. And like, okay, here we get it. And it's like not F-Zero, but it's Cruise and Blast. Yeah. So I said earlier, you know, I was never one of those people where it's just like, oh, I'm all for one system. I'm all for one brand and blah, blah, blah. And like nothing else matters. No, like. This is why, because every you got to be a little for everything, because every single system is going to have those certain properties that's going to be like, well, that's your incentive. And I think for and there are big time arcade racing fans, big time. So if and if they love cruising USA, they're going to look at this and that might be the reason for them. You know, who knows? Yeah, so yeah, the so. developer, yeah, they're called Raw Thrills, which is great. You know, that's exactly that's pretty much all they do is arcade games. But it's a lot of the people who worked on like Hydro Thunder. It's like the people who worked on the original cruising games and Hydro Thunder and stuff. That's just what they do. They make they make like games like you know just like you don't even find these on consoles. They're the games, you, the racing games you go play at Dave and Buster's. So, uh, but yeah, so the Cruise and Blast was one. I guess it's from 2017. Uh, it was a game just in the arcade, and, just, and it, they they expanded it and put it on the Switch. Very nice, sweet. So, so. very nice. Now give us a new F Zero game, guys. A new F Zero <laughs> or Diddy Kong Racing anytime now, right? Or Wave Race. Okay, I mean these yeah, people yeah, have seriously. made these of people made um, H Two Overdrive, which is sort of the spiritual successor to Hydro Thunder. So I mean, come on, give us Wave Race Switch or whatever you want to call it. I'm down. I'll have to look into H2 Overdrive now yeah. as well. I'll see what uh, So all right. Okay, good. Adam, I'll toss it back to you, man. All right, last but not least, um uh, a series I never thought I would come back to. Um and no and not for a real like bad reason or anything like that. It's just um after a certain developer stopped making these games, I felt like it was a good uh, cutting-off point for me because I it was like, all right, well, let me focus on uh, other games. 
but because of Wolfenstein, left a certain thirst for me. And um, a very, very good friend of mine, who I always play Battlefront with, Star Wars Battlefront, always was like, every now and then, hey, maybe you should get this. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. And so I did. And it's the Halo Master Chief oh, collection. Yeah. And I'm so glad I freaking bought it. Oh, my God. To rediscover the magic that was Halo. So the Master Chief Collection is, for those of you that don't know, Halo Combat Evolved, Halo 2, Halo 2 Remastered, Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, Halo 4, Halo Reach. Um, I played all the Halos up to Reach. I did not play Halo 4. I did not play Halo 5. But I sure as hell am good at play 4 and 5 now, especially with 4 uh, being on the Master Chief Collection. Uh, my brother and I just played through Combat Evolved. Me and my brother and my friend have been doing constant uh, Reach Firefight and uh, PvP modes. And, man, it's I was never the best Halo player. Um, and to be fair, I'm not even a, a competitive gamer. There are certain games that do bring out a competitiveness in me, but Halo really isn't one of them. I just have fun playing it. Um, you know, every now and then I have a good game. Sometimes I have a bad game. It's it's whatever. I'm reminded of how superb the vehicular combat is in the Halo games. It is so good. We've developed a very good system, the, the people I play with. Um, I'm usually the driver, and uh, I love it. Um uh, I am the wheel man. Let it be known. Uh, uh, the the one funny thing, however, is going back and playing Halo Combat Evolved. So the version of Halo Combat Evolved that is on the Master Chief Collection is that is the anniversary edition where you could switch between the old and new graphics. And I thought to myself. Now, I'm a person. I'm not picky with graphics. I'm more about playability. I, I, For me, it's more so how about how a game plays. And I thought to myself, I'm going to play Halo Combat Evolved with all the original graphics. That lasted for about five right. minutes. Yep. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, look, it's not the worst thing in the world for its time. It was really great, but it's just like, I got to play with these updated graphics. Everything looks so... Uh, so good and um most of the sound effects have been upgraded too actually which is a big plus um but the real funny thing is is when you play halo on multiplayer which you can do they it's the only thing they did not fix because it's still the same chaotic oh, it's a mess unbalanced circus it's a mess <laughs> It is, it is an it's absolute like mess. Grenades flying all over the place. It's just like every man for themselves. Just run for your lives, guys. We, we forgot how insane Halo 1 multiplayer was, but at the same time, how fun and hilarious it could be. It's just an absolute show of the ages. But, oh my god. Um... One thing I've noticed, and I don't know where this came in, but we're we're big fans of firefight mode. Me and um, playing with my brother and my friend, uh, we love firefight mode. Uh, 
Now, originally in Reach, I don't remember this being in Reach, and I don't. So I don't know if this came on a later Halo, if this was specifically added for um, the Master Chief Collection. But there was an added level to Firefight mode, Installation 04, which is obviously the ring in the first Halo game. And it's one of the areas you explore in the second level where you're trying to uh, extract some uh, soldiers that crashed on the ring, basically. And it's very interesting because it's a firefight mode that basically is infinite. Um, You kind of have to just, like, end it yourself. And it's a firefight mode that gives you vehicles. And it gives you backup ODST troops as well. So it's kind of crazy because it's a very accessible firefight mode to play, especially by yourself. Because for every time you complete a round, if your ODST soldiers die, they'll at least give you one back and a brand new Warthog if it got destroyed. And driving around the Warthog with the AI in the gunner seat is a very effective way to play it. And I'm really glad that um, they added it. Well, for one, because um, that level in Halo 1 was one of my favorite levels in Halo history. Um, I'm excited to play uh, Reach again. And... I always did mean to play Halo 4 because I wanted to see what 343 was going to do with the series since Bungie wasn't Involved anymore. Uh, making it anymore because they were focusing on Destiny at that point. Um, which is actually going to bring me to a really interesting side note because we're talking about Bungie games. We were talking about Rockstar games uh, earlier as well, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. But um, yeah, I... I I also like for Halo Combat Evolved the added uh, terminal scenes they added that you could find throughout the levels where it's like you get like a bonus video that you can view. Um, There's one in... It's the level called Keys. So it's the level before the last level in Halo 1 where you go back to the Truth and Reconciliation to save Captain Keys, which to find out he's been overtaken by the Flood. Uh, There's a terminal in there that you get to view his last moments which wasn't in the original uh, Halo. So that was really cool to see because you could really see him trying to keep his humanity. You could see him really trying to fight to keep his uh, identity, his memories, everything. And you could just hear like uh, that grave mind voice, just like slowly taking over him and telling him like, you're not in control. It's just us now. And, Everything you knew or everything you were is is gone and it belongs to us. Um, also, a great refresher to how things really go to hell quickly in the first Halo. How um, I think it's so great how you start this game and it's got this certain atmosphere to it. And right around to the point where you finally get to the control room where that's the turning point. Right before you get to the level 343 Guilty Spark where you realize this isn't the game you thought it was going to be. Because you start to realize that Keys and the Covenant are playing with a power that uh, they don't understand. 
and that's the flood. And let me tell you, man, to this day, the library is arguably my most dreaded level in any video game. I think it's the most tedious, most teeth-grinding experience I've ever had playing a video game. But um, it's good to be back. That's all I could say. It's good to be back as a Spartan in it, in all of its glory. Uh, blown away Covenant, blown away Flood, uh, and I'm ex- I'm just excited to re-explore the whole series and finally get up to date with where we are before Halo Infinite comes out. Now, now's the time. Now's the time. I think if you want to re-explore the series, you know the Master Chief Collection's been out for a little bit, for a few years, um, but. Halo is just, I feel like, a very... Uh, it's one of those first-person shooters, again, that's very accessible and kind of like uh, Wolfenstein. Um, it, it knows what it is. It sticks to its uh, roots. And um, it's just fun overall. So I'll be diving into uh, Halo 2 now uh, shortly. I'm just trying to decide if I want to play Halo 2 as it was or the new edition of it they put on specifically for the Master Chief Collection. Yeah, you collection. know, I so. picked up the Master Chief Collection last summer, um, and I, yeah, I, I was kind of in the same boat as you, where I was like, all right, I'll jump in. I play uh, original graphics. Then I was like, uh, no, uh, and immediately switched to <laughs> immediately switched to the new ones because they're just they're just so much better. But um, yeah, when last summer because they've been releasing them slowly, I think it was only up to two that was out. Um, but uh, man, I jumping back into Halo Two. I mean, I can still tell you how crazy it was. I remember watching like you know downloading this video right, like on my computer. You know, back in the days of dial-up of the Halo Two E three trailer, and I remember like me and my buddies like wa- getting ready to watch it after school. And like when we saw Master Chief jump onto an oncoming, um, oh, what are they called? What are the, the little pink things that look like little motorcycle things, um, that the Covenant uses? Uh, the, the ghost. ghost. Yes, yes. Remember, remember seeing Master Chief being able to jump onto an oncoming ghost and like take it over, and we were like losing our minds. We're just like, yeah, what? yeah. That's that was a big game changer. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, like what is happening? Yeah, Halo 2 is just such a step up from Halo 1 in terms of the I mean just in terms of everything. I mean like the set pieces. I mean it's the it's it truly was a massive game. It was the first game I ever like like um I saved up like my lunch money. I got like $2 a day for lunch money. I saved it up so I could buy go buy Halo like the day today it came out. Oh my god, I'm so glad you said this because that's what that's what and I, I would sti- do. Back I, I, in the day and I, I never spent my lunch money. I never right. spent it. I would I would I would save up like what I would do is I would use like I would just buy like I would use like a dollar to get something for lunch then keep the other dollar uh, and just save it up. And so that way I could uh buy video games with it. But Halo 2, I was like there was days where I was like, "Nah, I want to make sure I have enough." So I would just not eat lunch cuz I wanted Halo 2. <laughs> and so, Sometimes you had those sometimes, days. You could get like a dollar right. sandwich, and sometimes I did that. Right. Too. I would always get the. Uh, but yeah, there were days where I'm just like, I'm gonna man it up. I'm I'd get, gonna, I'd get a, I'd get a know? pizza stick, uh, which was like seventy cents, and I'd get a little juicy, little, little hug, one of the little, you know, like the little juice things or whatever, and I'd be saving up. Um, which, first of all, the fact that that was my lunch sounds like terrible, and explains a lot about you know. It's like wow. I had the uh, Tyson uh, chicken. It's like man, the the sheer had. amount of years I probably took off my life by eating just you know by drinking literally just sugar water and pizza, 
Uh, like, like, I love it. I insane, love it. Right? It's insane. Like to think about. Like, <laughs> like, thank God Michelle Obama came along and was like, "Yeah, we really need to like step up school lunches." All right. Like, thank yeah. Oh, M- Michelle Obama is 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 a champion of the people. Right. Let, let right. me tell you, I I, I love right. that. Like, one, yeah. So. But that's that's, that's a different that's, conversation right. for a different. But yes, yeah, so it's just funny, <laughs> just like thinking about it, right? Um. Uh, anywho, yeah, so I saved up my money and I got it and I got the collector's edition and it came in a steel book, which is the first time I ever had a steel book disc case. And I was like, this is awesome. And it had like a behind the scenes oh, DVD. Man. And yeah, so Halo 2, because Halo 1, I played hardcore with my buddies. Um, we would just play, I mean, God, we played pretty much Blood Gulch, ex- Blood Gulch and Hang Em High exclusively. Um, and that was my Halo only, High. that was my oh, only my criticism of Halo 2 was I didn't care for the maps and multiplayer but the story and the campaign is just so much better than yeah, it's just tell you, such Halo a step up story was so good and people recognize it's so good but because of the things it did for multiplayer the story gets overlooked right. i feel like for halo right. 2 um so then yeah I, I haven't gone back to play master chief collection now that the other games have come out like three um, which I didn't really spend that much time with three. I just kind of played through the campaign. I played a little bit of online multiplayer when it first kind of came out. And I was like, this is cool. Um, Cause it was like the first sort of online game I'd actually really ever played like to that, like a first person shooter. I was like, this is cool, but I just didn't really dive into it that much. And then four, well, ODST, I kind of, I, I played through once. It was cool. I did. I wasn't super into it. It's weird, but cool. There's something weird yeah. about ODST, but I, I, there's something I, I like liked about it. I, I liked it. I just didn't like it as much as I did Halo 1 or 2, um, or 3, for the, for that matter. Um, and then Halo 4, I'll say I'll go in a weird order here. Halo 4, I, I just couldn't get into it. I don't know. I tried the multiplayer and whatever, and maybe it was because, like, at that point, Call of Duty had come out. Like, Call of Duty, you know, 4 and Modern Warfare 2. And I just thought it was so much better that, like, by the time I got to Halo 4, I was like, I don't know, man. This is just isn't as... Because the, there had been so many more games. I think, like, maybe even the first. I'd have to go look. Like, Borderlands, I believe, had come out since then. And I was just... It's, Halo 4 just sort of felt... I don't know. Not as now, fun. There's certain things about... Not as fun to me. I don't know anything about Halo 4 because I didn't play it when it came out. Um... So I'm I'm really friggin' excited yeah. to see where this but takes the uh, reach. Because I know another Spartan comes into the is fray too. But Halo like Reach's that. campaign is uh I think Halo Reach is as far as I didn't play Halo Five or whatever the uh, the one is that's on the Xbox One. Um, but Halo Reach to me's campaign is so freaking good. I I would consider it yes. to me. It's like a top. It's I think it's the best Halo game. Um, I would say that it's for me, it's, I mean, it's wherever you're going to place Halo in the top 10 first person shooters of all time. Um, I would say if you're only going to pick like one game from each franchise to sort of represent it, I would say that reach should be the one that represents it, even though obviously Halo one obviously changed everything, um, as did Halo, Halo, Halo one, uh, and then really set the groundwork for Halo two to be the first like online game to really take over. But Halo one, I think was the, the one that really sort of like obviously put it on the map, um, and made Bungie this like huge name. But I would say that the best game in the, in the, in the franchise is Halo reach. Yeah, I would have to agree that Halo Reach is the best one, and I would also have to say I think Halo Reach is one of the best prequel oh, games, ever. hands ever. down. Yeah, like that's 
for, forget top 10. Like that's top. That's in the top five. Right. Like, like I wouldn't put it past the number five. Like it, it is, um, it did a lot. I, I think, uh, for the series, um, story-wise and it's, it's so great because everyone pretty much overlooked that one line in the first Halo. It's the first line ever said in Halo that everyone forgets about. And once Halo Reach was announced, everyone, it just jolted everyone's memory. And everyone remembers that in the first Halo, that Reach is mentioned dead smack in the beginning of the very first yeah. Halo. And we, know, we, knew, we knew nothing, nothing about, about it. it. There was... No concept. The final it, mission. All we knew like the was the final mission of Reach is just like epic because like you can't win it, but like that's kind of that's the point. Like what gets me is that um, Noble Six is um, is all alone. Right, he's alone. You lost everyone. And, by uh, that that's point. like like um, and in a sense, it's kind of like I think it's a nod to the beginning. How um, Noble Leader says, you know, I read your. Uh, you know, your field reports and stuff like that. Uh, you're part of a team now. So none of that lone wolf stuff. But in the end, with the way Noble Team gets picked off, that lone wolf stuff is ultimately what keeps him going the longest, in my opinion, really. I don't know if anyone would really agree with me on that, but that's just always the way I I viewed it, basically. Yeah. So yeah. I always thought that was very interesting to see it. You, you kind of see him... Uh, uh, regress back back to that in a sense because that's what he needs uh, to survive and that's what you need to see how long you can really go in that last level basically yeah, it's, it is, it's, it's kind yeah. of fun even to go back and replaying it because you're just like alright well I'll just keep uh, I'll, you know I'll, I just want to go in and it's like a survival mode which is fun too so yeah, yeah. awesome um yeah. Okay, well, uh, I guess here's my last game. This is a game, honestly, I've been excited for, well, pretty much the entire year, uh, to say the least. And now I picked it up both on PC and on Switch. Oh, and that God. is Diablo 2 Resurrected. Oh, my God. Yes, I am I am dying to play this, man. So, Tell me all about it. Please, okay. Please. So Diablo 2 is like, you know, I mean, we want to talk about games that you've like, you know, spent hours upon hours on playing online with friends and everything like that. Diablo 2, man. At the end of high school into college, it was just, we were just, I don't know. Diablo 2 at that point was like an older, older game, but we just would just played it relentlessly. Um, and, you know, I haven't really played Diablo 3, and so, you know, Diablo 4 is coming out soon, but I saw they were remastering uh, or sort of resurrecting this, I guess is the way to describe it, and I think it's great. I think it's an absolutely great port. Now, I have it on both Switch and PC, um, and I almost, honest to God, feel that it is the best way to experience this game, even though it's obviously more expensive um, I actually would probably advise people if you are going to play it, um, I would say like, I would not advise people to get the switch version as the main version, but if you have it on like PS4 or Xbox and you have a switch, I almost feel like, and you're like really that hardcore into Diablo. I feel like it's worth getting both. Because so like you know it's 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 Diablo two that's the easiest way to describe it, 
Um, it is everything you remember, but you can, the cool kind of thing is you can switch between sort of like legacy graphics and current graphics. And it's like, it literally goes from a 2d game to a 3d game, which is crazy, uh, to think about, even though it's still sort of point and click or whatever, but being able to experience Diablo two with a controller is actually in some ways there's advantages and disadvantages to both setups. And I, and I, I honestly sure. feel like like there's just something about like I know you can key map uh, mice right to where you have like buttons on the side and you can change that to like different spells and things like that. Um, you know, obviously we didn't really have a lot of like mice back in like you know the year 2000 that had that sort of thing. Certainly not what we have today, where like everybody makes gaming mice. Um, but having being able to just sort of like have it mapped to like the X button or the Y button on a controller is just a fun experience. It is just, it's just different. Um, Cause I primarily play as a sorceress. And so I'm using all these different spells and sort. And I know it's just, it's just different, right? It, whether you have it like, set to keys, like, or like your keypad or you, wherever you have it mapped. I don't know. I just kind of like it on a controller that way. Um, and so it's kind of fun. So um, the game looks great. Everything's been redone. The The visuals have been completely overhauled. The cutscenes have been completely redone. Um, music's, like, better sampled uh, and, like, clearer. Uh, but it's basically Diablo. I mean, it's the same game. Um, like, there's cooler stuff now, really. There's, like, a shared stash between your characters. So you don't have to, like... Okay, grab a character, like go throw stuff down, hopes nobody jumps on and steals it if you're doing it online, and then like, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um That's really about it, uh, to be entirely honest. I mean that's other than that, it's basically just a better looking Diablo too. But yeah, the the ability to play it on Switch, like in addition to playing it on PC, is cool. It's just cool because your use your character there's cross save, but there isn't cross play. Um but the cross save itself is just cool because then I can play on the couch and I can just, you know, continue leveling up my character and running around and doing stuff while I'm not sitting at my computer, which is like in the in my office. So it's just a lot of fun. Um, but again, yeah, I would not recommend the Switch version. Graphically, it looks it looks good. Um, the Switch version compared to like the PC version, but obviously it just can't compare. It's not it's just not comparable to the to the PC version. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to get this on my Xbox, right. to be That's honest. That's what I would recommend, um, yeah. I'm just waiting since I got, you know, uh, Master Chief Collection. For sure. And, um, and Red Dead, which, you know, really weren't um, that much, but it's like, but um, this is probably a game that I have no problem playing the original graphics to. Yeah, but um, wait, just wait, I love, till you, wait till you experience I, the new ones. <laughs> because, um, I mean, I'm definitely going to give that a shot, too, but I've always been attracted to the older 90s isometric styled games like the way this looked, the original Fallouts and stuff. Um, I was a druid that specialized in elemental and summoning. Mm -hmm. I didn't do shape-shifting mm -hmm. a lot. I'm still wondering if I'm going to take that route or try a new character altogether for this. I still have my Diablo 2 battle chest for PC with Diablo 2 and uh, its expansion. And I still have all like the, the, the Prima guide in right. there and how to do like the builds for your characters and everything. So, well, you got well, to listen to this. When I play this, if uh -oh. you can find an old computer that has your old save, you can import it into new Diablo, not for online play, but for offline play, you can import legacy saves. 
from like 20 years Jesus ago. Fucking it's awesome. Like, it's just so cool that you can do that. I don't. I think my laptop is too old to be able to do that. Uh, but I'm going to give it. Oh wait, actually no, because it wouldn't even be the same hard drive. Actually, at this point. Oh my god! I'd have to find my parents' desktop. Right. Seriously, I know, I know. It's like you. It's it's like hold on. It's like hold on. In order to play this game, where you go into old ancient tombs to search for lost artifacts, I need to go into my parents' basement to like you know find the old like twenty year old computer so I can like pick continue play. It's mirroring real continue life. To, oh continue my god. to play with my like twenty year old like character and stuff. I actually have. I actually that have mine. I have crazy. my hard drive and I have this like cord. Um, so I can pull it off. Uh, I've I've had it like just because I've always wanted to add music and pictures and stuff on there. So I bought some cord off Amazon for like twenty bucks, and I was like, oh cool, I can plug it in and um, just sort of pull it off. It's a laptop hard drive, but it comes with this thing so you can power up like uh, older hard drives and stuff. Um, you can get them for like twenty bucks. Uh, nice. But so it's like, all right, nice. well I guess I need to bust out my you know hard drive from the year 2000, uh, 2006. And uh, you know, but go find my Diablo two save and import it, so I can play as uh, what was I even playing as then? You know, I don't even know something ridiculous. Well, that was what was my question. name? Oh, my name was uh, oh, it was, uh, Hand Banana was my name <laughs> because of uh, did you ever see Aqua Teen Hunger Force? Did you ever see Aqua Teen Hunger Force? I've seen it in okay. Spurs. Well, there's this episode where. So right. I couldn't tell you. Anyway, a whole there's this lot episode where there's this character named Hand Banana. You know, it's like we're in high school. We thought it was funny and stupid, so that was that was my name. We were always kind of all coming up with like just you know the dumbest the dumbest of names. So yes, my like level ninety nine ice sorceress Hand Banana. It's time to be you know resurrected in Diablo two. So here we go. I named my druid. Um, God, this sounds so stupid. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I because it like. There's not a cohesiveness to it based on the setting and based on the name, but I named my character Bile right. which is um, a Godzilla villain uh, in the early 90s. That was a giant. Uh, it was like basically Godzilla hybrided with a, a plant, so to speak. But when I was reading the guide and everything, it made sense to me because I could like, oh, I could summon vines and stuff like that and everything. And I thought, yeah, I was so cool. And I thought I sounded so dark. And I was just like, I, as I, the more I played it, the more I was like, I want to change my name, but I've done so much with this character that I don't want to delete it. Right. That's so like, I left it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So and it's fun. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. Now the online for like PC and like honestly PlayStation and Xbox are much better than the Switch. Like the Switch version of online is not very good. Um, so again, I would really only recommend you get the Switch version as like a secondary sort of a thing. But I will say, obviously, you now you're talking like spending like you know I spent. Yeah, so you can get. So I bought the like the deluxe edition on PC because you get Diablo three as well. Um, so now I have Diablo 3 on PC, which I did not have before. Um, and then I got just the regular version on Switch. Uh, but again, like just being able to go back and forth between the two is fun. Uh, your character just loads right up, and it's the cross-save, man. It's so cool. It's such a good idea. Um, and just be able to kind of do that and keep playing. You know, going back to Luke Golan, and you know, you go back to Tristam and all this stuff. And it's a lot of fun, man. I love, I love Diablo 2, so it was definitely a purchase for me. So... Um, 
Yeah. So, all right. Well, Adam, I think we'll do one more thing here, and we'll just talk about uh, maybe like a game. Just pick a game or two that we're excited for that's coming out. Like what? What's 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 sort of out of the rest of this year? You know, knowing everything that's coming this year, is there anything that you're looking forward to? Um, I think really uh, at the moment it's um, probably just Shin Megami Five um, because it's a it's a it's a game series. That has a lot of different offshoots. You, know, you have the Shin Megami Tensei series itself. Uh, you have uh, the Persona series, which ties into that. Uh, one-off games like uh, Strange Journey. You have the Devil uh, Survivor series. Um, stuff like that. There's quite a few. Um, I, I liked uh, Strange Journey, and I played a little bit of uh, Devil Summoner. Uh, I, I, I think they're fun games in their own right. Uh they they have their own thing going for them, and you know for the longest time, Shin Megami Five was it was announced almost like at the conception of the Switch, which was some yeah. time ago when you really think about it. And all they left us with was a little teaser. So to finally know that this is indeed happening, to finally actually see gameplay, and you know, you had Shin Megami, you had uh, Digi Devil Saga. That was a Shin Megami series on the PS2. Um, which, you know, fully 3D and stuff like that. And the closest things you had to that were um, the Shin Megami games on uh, the 3DS. So to kind of see it as a graphical upgrade, does look good, does look really good. Um, uh, I'm excited about it. Kind of has the same premise where you are just someone that kind of gets pulled into this world that's been flipped upside down in some way or form, and you have to... Uh, Summon demons in some uh, form of uh, way, depending how whatever your means is. Uh, in uh, Strange Journey on the DS, I think they give you something called the uh, the Demon Summoning Program. I think it is, and it's fun that you can, um, you know, think of it like uh, any RPG where it's like you have elemental weaknesses and stuff like that too. And um, there's the concept where you have to. Uh, you have to barter with demons. You have to get on their personality level to get to take some with you. And you could fuse them. You could fuse them to make um, other demons as well. And um, unless you're looking at a guide, sometimes you might not know what uh, you're going to get, which is always which is always fun. So I'm excited to see it on this level and to see that it's coming out for the Switch. Another incentive to, again, get a Nintendo Switch if that's the kind of game uh, you want to play so that that's that's really it for me uh other than that it was uh diablo 2 resurrected which is out i'm just kind right. of uh waiting to to get it but that's it for, for sure me, really yeah. yeah um for me in all honesty even though i am not overly thrilled with the art direction style that they chose um it's probably pokemon diamond and pearl remastered i think oh yeah of course absolutely yeah I think those were the last great. Yeah, Pokemon a lot of people. A lot of people. It's like typically people who don't consider Gen One or Gen Two to be the best Pokemon games typically say Diamond and Pearl. That's what I've always found, uh, at least in my talks to hardcore people. I, it's like yeah. they, that's it's Diamond and Pearl Platinum is where people consider it to be the best Pokemon games. Um, if you don't consider Gen One or Two, 
uh to to be it so um i'm just i'm not i you know it's just because like you look at let's go pokemon and even sword and shield and it's like just more 3d and whatever and they chose this kind of chibi art style and there's definitely a lot of back and forth some people really like it some people don't i think i'm in the camp where it's like it's okay it's just not i just would have done something different um with it but it it'll, yeah, it'll be okay yeah it. i'll be fine That's with all. it um, but yeah, actually diamond pearl, I never, I didn't play. That's like the, that's like the only, well, no, I didn't really play any of the DS games. I didn't play diamond pearl, black or white or black or white two. Um, but then I, okay. but then I played right. everything since I played X and Y and, um, sun and moon and everything up from there. So it... <laughs> I hated X. Oh, I loved X and Y. I loved, I loved. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I liked what it did graphically. Right. That, that's it. Story wise, I yeah, just did not I loved care. X and Y. I mean, well, Sun and Moon, I thought were okay. The remake of Ruby, I was kind of like, I just, I don't know, I didn't, didn't get into. It. I plowed through Sword and Shield. I, I spent at, like over a hundred hours on Sword and Shield, um, and then you know all the old ones, obviously, like tons of tons of hours. But uh, yeah, so I'm, so I'm, yeah, definitely, definitely look, definitely looking forward. Uh, to this is probably my most excited game for the rest of the year. And then I'm going to be picking up Mario uh, Party Superstars so I can do a review of it uh, on my YouTube channel, Super Games Bros. So, yeah, exciting, man. Fun, fun, fun time. Awesome. Adam, hey, thanks for joining me. As always, man, it is always a lot of fun. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, I'm mostly active on Instagram these days, guys. That guy, Adam12, uh, spelt out as 12, not the number 12. Um. And uh, Twitter at uh, King of Fuzz Style. Um, I don't really go on there much, just to kind of pop on. Just to, I don't really post much. Uh, but yeah, if you so desire, I'm on either of those platforms. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, you can find me anywhere on the internet at Super Games Bros. Um, I'm probably I am most active, I would say, on Twitter. So you can check me out there. But nonetheless, as always, guys, thank you for listening. Been a lot of fun. If you want to shoot me an email at boxtrickgaming at gmail.com, you can. And leave us some comments. Uh, we would love to read some comments here on the show. Uh, what games are you guys excited for? Um, you know, what are you guys playing right now? What do you think of some of the games we covered? So you can certainly do that. And we, hey, we'll we will talk about them uh, on the show. So with that, as always, thank you for listening.